And I'd like to tell you another story, if that's okay. Because I love stories. And this is a uh, true story. I was taking a taxi on Shiva Asubatamas. I had to have a meeting with a very wealthy person for the yeshiva. And he told me to come on Shiva Asubatamas. I took a taxi there. And uh, the taxi guy tells me the following story, right? Because Israeli taxis are always the best. You can always get great stories from them, right? So I used to be one of those guys who were like, you know, how did all these rabbis manage to get stories? Like, I, I sat next to a guy on the plane and I made him religious. Like, I, I don't sit next to these guys on the plane. But anyway, so this happened to me. And uh, it was a single guy. The taxi driver was a single guy, 45 years old. He says to me, he tells me his whole life story, couldn't find a wife. 45 years old, never. I couldn't find a wife. It was very, very difficult for him. And um, he says to me, I, I don't know what to do, where, which direction to turn, what should I do? So he said, what he did is he called up his rabbi, and he even looked that religious, but he had a rabbi, which is back down to our next shmooz, Be'ez HaShem, about having a rabbi, we'll talk about it. And he said, what should I do? And his rabbi told him, you know what you have to do, Moshe? Talk to God. Talk to God! Okay, so he figured, okay, no problem. So he started every single day, so he started talking to Hashem. He said, at the beginning, it was a little bit weird. It's like I'm talking to myself. But he said, I was talking to Hashem, and he said, three weeks later, he got engaged. Isn't that amazing? Three weeks later, he got engaged. Right? We're dealing over here, Rabbi Sai, with the Kirk of that I think we have to just, like I said, we all know how to daven. We've all been davening our whole lives. Sometimes we need to just renew, like we ended off yesterday's share about the king. The music sometimes gets a little, gets a little bit low, gets a bit schwach. So now we have to machazik it, right? You know, there are no shortcuts in life. People think there are shortcuts in life. Sometimes there are shortcuts, but generally within Yone Gashmias. For example, you know, in theme parks, they have something called, I don't know if they have it in America, they probably do, fast an e- a fast, fast pass, fast. right? Fast pass, <laughs> right? In England, they call it the easy pass, right? It's called easy, right? I think so. Basically, uh, it allows people to go straight to the front, right? So uh, there's different ways of doing it. If you have ADHD, if you're unwritten in whatever, all of a sudden everyone's admitting their problems. Anyway, so you're getting these fast paths and you, you get straight to the front. You know, there you are in Disneyland, you know, with Kanaina Horror with like, you know, lines going up, who knows where, and you go right in there. So yeah, there are sometimes shortcuts, but those are generally Gashmir shortcuts. When it comes to Ruchinus, there's no real shortcuts. The same way that we dubbed when we were a kid, we should not be dovening now. If we dubbed a certain way when we were seven years old by shuckling away and looking at the setup, we shouldn't be dubbing that way now. We should be looking more into the words. We should be understanding more about what tefillah is. If we're dubbing the same way now as we dubbed when we were in ninth grade, we're, we've got big problems. And I say the same thing in five years' time as well. If you're dubbing in five years the same way you're dubbing now, that means you never worked on it. Right? And everything in life, and as we mentioned yesterday from the Gemara and Brochus, requires a lot of chizak. And that's what tefillah requires, and that's how important it is. Now, Rabbi, so I want to tell you, we mentioned this a little bit yesterday, but I want to continue on this similar theme to the Koyach of tefillah. Rabbi Yerucham in Das Torah says an incredible thing. And he brings a posik in, say, in Parshas Bereshis, where the posik tells us that the Rabbi Nishlon, as we know, created the world, six days, then came among Adam Abishan on the last day, and then Shabbos, the Rabbi Nishlon stopped creating. Adam Abishan wanted to eat something. The Torah tells us that Odom Hashem davened to Hashem. Rashi brings it. That Odom Hashem davened to Hashem because he needed to eat. He was hungry. So what did he do? He davened and all of a sudden sprouted beautiful, nice things that he was able to eat. Asks everyone the kasha. One second. Odom Hashem was born on day number six. Everything was already created. What do you mean davening? And, where was all the fruits and the trees and everything that had previously been created before Odom Hashem came into the world? Says Rabbi Yochum and that's unbelievable insight. And he says as follows: 
The Rabbani Shalom created the potential. The Rabbani Shalom created the fruit, the vegetable, everything had the potential, it was all under the ground. But until you come and look for it, until you come and daven for it, until you ask, the Rabbani Shalom is not going to give it to you. And we see that from Adam Arishan. We see this again and again from Adam Arishan, that the Yisrael is the Rabbani Shalom wants to give us so much. But you don't ask. And people are complaining, why don't I have A? Why don't I have B? Why don't I have C? So much! Where is it? What did you ask? Did you talk to Hashem? Did you have a relationship with the Rabbani Shalom? That's what it's all about. That's what a person has to realize. I'll tell you another. Modik and Modik Azach, we know. We're learning Masakhtas Makas now, right? We're learning Masakhtas Makas. And we know, as you get there, but Isa Hashem, the Gemara talks about this in Dafi Ralef and about a coin goddle. Um, that the a person who kills someone, take a seat. A person that kills someone accidentally. What is the din of someone that kills someone accidentally? So he goes to the Ori Miklot until when? Until the Kohen Gadol dies. Okay? Says the Mishnah, Makastav Yudalef, that in order to make sure, because you can imagine, if you were there, what would you be doing your whole time? You'd be doubling that the Kohen Gadol dies, right? So the Mishnah tells us that the mothers of the Kohen Gadol would bring presents and give food so that they'd enjoy their time in Ori Miklot and they would not daven. Now ask yourself, Akasha, Seriously? You're doubling that the coin Godel dies? We need the coin Godel right now. Oh, but in the Mai, you see from here the Koyach of Tvela. The Koyach of a guy who accidentally killed someone and he's in the Ori Miklot, his davening can affect the coin Godel who goes with a flag and a flame into the Kodesh HaKadoshim to die. Why? Because he davened. I'll tell you another thing. On Yom Kippur, we say this once a year, the most incredible Tvelas, Unfortunately, a lot of people get a little bit uh, distracted and people are a little bit uh, agitated at that time. But at the end of Musaf, by the Chazor Sashatz, we go through many, many tefillahs, right? After the sugya of Achas, Achas, Viachas, Achas, Vishtayim, whatever, the whole thing, and the whole Marikoyim, where there's a whole tefillah there about the Yihirotzen. And basically what the, 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 the uh, Siddha tells us is the Yirotzen that the Kohen Godel would say when he went into the Kurdish HaKadoshim. Now, he went into the Kurdish HaKadoshim for a very short amount of time. He didn't spend too long over there, right? Why? It was very dangerous. Right? Chazal tell us that they, they, so the Kohen Godel that wasn't worried, they would put chains around his leg so that you know, they could wait outside and sometimes he died in there and they pulled him out. So he was literally in there. Mamash, I don't know, I don't think Chazal tell us the amount of time, but I imagine it's for a few minutes at most. At most a few minutes. He did a couple of things in the Kurdish HaKadoshim, said a tefillah and left. What was the tefillah that he said? Now, could you imagine? The Kohen Gadol. On the holiest day of the year. All of Kalal is doing tshuva. He's in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. The holiest place in the world. On the holiest day. The holiest man. Everything is there. What tefillah could he say? What tefillah would you imagine him saying? And I haven't got a machsa with me now because I didn't bring one. But I'll give you one line of what the machsa tells us. The Yeratzim that the Kohen Gadol said when he was in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. He said, amongst a few tefillahs, he said, and don't let the tefillah of the traveller go by. What does that mean? What's pshat? So Chazal tells an incredible thing. Listen to this, Rabbi. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Could you imagine if you owned a, um, a field and the way of making parnasa, the only way of supporting your family was to sell your apples and your oranges. You have apple trees, you have oranges trees, and you go once, uh, once a week to the market, you sell them, you make your money, and for that you can buy bread, milk, and, and cheese, whatever it is for the, for the family, for the kids. So your whole way of supporting your family is by selling apples and oranges. There you are. 
Right? Picture the scene. You've got your wagon, right, which is being led by the horse, piled up with boxes and boxes of apples and oranges. This is going to be your pranasa for the week. Without this, you're not going to have food. And you're about to start the journey. And in the corner of your eye, you see the dark clouds. And you're like, uh-oh, it's going to rain. Now, if it rains, I, there's nowhere I'll be able to travel into the city. I won't be able to sell my apples and oranges. I won't have a panossa. My kids are going to go hungry. So from the bottom of your heart, you turn to the Rabbi Nisham and say, Rabbi Nisham, please, please, stop the rain. I don't want it to rain. Please let it not rain. That villa that you say, the Koyin Gadol has to go in to the Kodesh HaKadoshim on Yom HaKippurim to Mavatal Yotvela. Because we need rain. Claudius all needs rain for everyone else. But that little tefillah that you little guy, who are you already? You sell apples and oranges. You're not some big tzaddik. You're a regular normal guy. But that tefillah that comes from the depths of your heart can affect everything. And the coin Godel has to go in to the Kodesh HaKadoshim on the holiest day of the year to mavatl your tefillah. That is the Kodesh say. That is the Kodesh HaTfilah. And I want to tell you this. I want to tell you a very interesting thing, actually. There was a, a study okay, that was made by Dr. Randolph Byrid. Now, Dr. Randolph Byrid was a staff cardiologist at the University of California Medical School. Now, what he did was, he actually um, studied 393 patients in one of the units in the San Francisco General Hospital, and all of the patients were given state-of-the-art treatment. In addition, half of them, chosen at random, were, um, were prayed for by prayer groups across America. Importantly, none of the doctors, nurses, or patients knew who was being prayed for. It was a double-blind aspect. So there you are. You've got a study of patients who all have the same problem. Half of them are secretly being prayed for by people in America, and half of them are not. Okay, this is a goy. This is a goy. The results highly favored the prayed-for patients who had fewer deaths, Fewer instances of resuscitation and less need for attachment to breathing machines and antibiotics and all other things of many of them I can't personally pronounce because they're on the medical school. According to Larry Dossi, right, MD, commenting on the study of the Atlantis, the imaginary newsletter of surgical technique, it would undoubtedly the outcome was so significant if the method being investigated had a new had been a new drug or surgical technique it would have undoubtedly been absolutely a scientific breakthrough. We're talking about a goy who understood the koyach of tefillah. Who understood when people pray, it changes everything. And that's what a person has to realize. And that's what we're doing over here. And that's what a person has to try to really you know, give in to himself. You know, the, uh, the Biskarov was baking matzahs in Yerushalayim many, many years ago. And... Um, and uh, the following Misa, somebody once, once told him, uh, a certain Rebbe, a certain Rebbe was baking his matzah with tremendous chumras, with all the dikduki mitzvahs, mamish baking the matzahs with every chumra and every hidda that you could possibly do on Pesach, right? And at the same time, there was a simple yid that saw this tzaddik, this big Rebbe, and he was baking matzahs with such a slava, such a geshmak, with such a dikduki mitzvahs, he says, I wish I could do it my way. I wish I could also do it that way. I don't know all his tiktokim mitzvahs. I don't know all his hidurim and all his chumas. I don't know. So he went into the corner of the room. Went into the corner of the room. And he dug in from the depths of his heart. He said, Rabbi Nishalalem, I'm a simple yid. 
What do I know about baking matzahs? I know how to do it, but I don't know all the kavanas and all these, uh, you know, these tuki mitzahs and chumras. I'm begging of you. Give me the siyata de shmaya that my matzahs come out just like his. The Rebbe, who was there at the time, heard this and came over to the Yid afterwards and said, can I please swap my matzahs with your matzahs? That, was, I, that filler that you uttered was so real, was so choshev. That's why it's important. The... Um, of Alexander would once say that the British speak English. Yeah? The French speak French. The Russians speak Russian. So he said, of Alexander, he brings down a Shorim Tfila. The heart has its language. And the heart's language is the language of Tfila. That's why a person has to realize that it's the language that we have. The Gemara Nidat of Ayin tells us that if a person wants to get wealth, a person wants to get wealthy, there are people in the world that want to become wealthy. There are people that want to be very, very wise. They want to be wise people that want to know a lot. What do you do? Says the Gemara in Yumadavayin, turn to do a bunch of Because the Gemara is telling us the only, way, the only method we have of gaining whatever you want is by the Rabbani Shlalem. That's what we said yesterday. That's what That's an evet. Whenever we're totally subjugated to our master, to the Rabbani Shlalem. The Eiligabal Shemtov asked one of his Talmidim, to take on guarding the winemaking production that he was doing from the harvest of the grapes all the way until the finishing product. So one of his Talmidim set out in the late summer and spent over two months ensuring that the highest standard of kashras on the wine manufacturing was there. He stood over the people that picked the grapes and the people that trapped it in the vats and they protected the wine from harm and all sorts of things. All of his work came to nothing when a non-Jewish Cossack helped himself to some of the wine right after they arrived in Mezhbush. The Talmud was devastated. He had so much effort. He'd done so much. He tried to protect the wine in every possible way. And he, he asked the Balsham to Rebbe, how do I explain this? What's the Pshat that the Rebbe did this to me? I did so much. The Halik Balsham explained that he devoted too much energy to guarding the wine and you left no room for asking Hashem's help. He said, you should have invested greater, help in, uh, uh, greater effort in doubling to the Rabboni Shalom to watch over the wine. And we'll end with this Gemara how a Yid, one came to the Heiliger Badechiva, Kedusha Slevi, and he asked to please daven that he has a child. And the Badechiva said no. And the person was taken aback. Rebbe, I want a child, please. No. How could you remember? Please, I, I've tried everything. You're my last hope. Without you, I, I've tried doctors and I've tried professionals and I've tried other scholars. The Rebbe, you're my own. Please. No, the Rebbe said no. So she, the, the guy got really upset, really upset. He walks out of the room. He goes over to the corner and starts toughening to a burnish nun. But then she looked at him and said, ah, now you're going to have a child. As long as you're relying on yourself, relying on other people, it's not going to happen. Because if you rely on your burnish nun, if you put all your trust in Hashem, because you realize where everything comes from, changes everything. Be'ez Hashem, tomorrow we shall continue.